This episode is sponsored by ContentFind, a premium video editing and content repurposing service for busy content creators, influencers, brands, podcasters, YouTubers, and marketers. ContentFi provides unlimited end-to-end editing and repurposing services to help you get your video and audio content edited and repurposed quickly, easily, and reliably. Join other busy content creators, founders, brands, and marketers who now spend even more time creating while they take care of the rest. You no longer need to worry about spending hours editing anymore. Just create content, build your audience, and grow your business. If you're a content creator looking to save time and money, or looking to outsource your content marketing team, get your first free video edited now at contentfi.co. If you'd like to sponsor the SaaS District podcast, or recommend any guests that you think would be valuable to be on the show, visit horizoncapital.com slash SaaS dash podcast today. Thanks again, folks. Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about strategies to increasing SaaS user engagement, better product changelog feedback, and reducing churn. Today, we have our special guest, Spencer Kuhn, joining us. Spencer is the co-founder and CEO at Beamer, an easy-to-use newsfeed, changelog, and notification center that helps you get up to three times more user engagement, increase customer retention, and convert more leads. Spencer started his career in finance as an investment banker analyst in New York and then moved to Latin America and co-founded two successful tech businesses. Uh, he's an expert on building SaaS companies, Latin America finance, fundraising, valuations, and M&A. So welcome, Spencer. Super excited to have you on SaaS District Show today. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on board. So I'd love to hear that story. Let's tell us a little bit more of how you went from working in investment banking, I think it was at uh, JP Morgan, to moving to Chile, building two successful startups, and now you know being a co-founder at Beamer, uh, I think back in 2018. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, happy to get into that. So I'll try to keep this short. Yeah, started my career in investment banking at JP Morgan, but I think I always had the entrepreneurial bug. So actually, just like a few years after starting with them... In 2014, I teamed up with my current co-founder, Mariano, to build our first uh, SaaS product, which we called JoinCube. So it's basically like an enterprise social network, kind of like a peer of Yammer. And, you know, traction was okay, but we wanted to create a product, I think, more for like small and mid-sized companies, which is kind of what we were and kind of the need that we understood a little bit more. So we pivoted in 2015 and built a product called Highbox. So that was like a collaboration app that's kind of like having like a, Sa- a Slack, Asana, and Zoom all in one. Um, so in the same place where you're like managing your tasks, you know, and projects and creating them, you actually have the ability to communicate with your team, to collaborate, to actually like get the work done and just in a far more efficient way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were looking for like a way for like a product could be more, you know, self-service. Like we want a product that's more self-service, uh, that lend itself to be more product-led so we could scale it with a leaner team, which is just our mentality at the time. Um, and what's cool is that Beamer actually came out of an internal need that we had at Highbox. Um, which I think I can talk about a little bit more later, but we basically launched Hibo- uh, Beamer about three years ago and we're super excited with its impact so far. Um, so Beamer's, like you were mentioning, Beamer's like a changelog notification center that helps notify users in-app about your latest product updates and get user feedback. Um, so it's a great tool for like SaaS companies. And we're working with a lot of customers uh, like Intercom, Hotjar, Atlassian, Freshworks, uh, Drift, and many other leading SaaS players. And I'd say if I had to like summarize our mission, it's we want to help SaaS companies incentivize 
and enable a feedback loop so that they can build better products that users love. Love it. And, and just before getting into uh, talking about Beamer, uh, what's the current status of those, those past ventures? Highbox, JoinCube, are those still running? Uh, did you guys shut that down? Did you sell it? What, what happened to those? Totally. It's actually pretty exciting. We exited Highbox in February of this year, so just a few months ago, for a pretty good multiple to a strategic buyer. So we're really happy with that. It allowed, I mean, we weren't only about like, you know, two to 3% of our focus was on that. It was pretty much in maintenance mode at the time, but did have um, some recurring like MRR. Uh, and customers. So yeah, I mean, we're happy that we can now like 100% focus on Beamer. We've sort of experienced the exit um, process and understand yeah. how that works a little bit. Um, and we have some more cash to invest in growth. So it's all good. And then Joint Cubes, it's really fully in maintenance mode. I mean, there's definitely some existing customers still getting some good value out of it, but it's mm. pretty much in maintenance mode at this point. So you mentioned a pretty good multiple just for, uh, you don't have to give you know, exact numbers of what you sold for, uh, but just to give you know founders who are listening in, maybe thinking to sell to a strategic, what can they expect mm. for multiples? I know you're in the value in M&A. You've had that background. Totally, yeah, number. I can't really <laughs> disclose that. Sure. But um, if I, <laughs> I've definitely looked into this a lot. And if I were to have to give any advice to founders, I would say the range is huge, 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 mm. huge. If you want to look into what the multiples are for, selling to a financial buyer, so like a private equity firm or something like that. That's there's plenty of stuff online. You can find it. It's like a lot more defined. For strategics, it it can run the gamut. You know, you could sell for like 3x ARR up to like, you know, 20x. I mean it it totally mm -hmm. depends on the fit and the team and the timing and um so many things. So it's it's kind of hard to say. That's not a great sure, answer. But sure. I, I've been frustrated with that answer myself. And that's what I've <laughs> kind of discovered is is really the deal. You know, I think it's all about just you know creating a platform that's, you know, in a tool that's valuable with low churn, you know, with happy customers, um, uh, where you can be the market leader ideally. And then, you know, that's going to lead to, to good out outcomes as you like start to develop relationships with corp dev teams and, and potential acquirers. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you guys made the decision to exit. So I'm pretty, I'm sure you're pretty happy with, with the, the multiple that you got in the end. Totally. <laughs> so, so, so three years into this journey, you know, building and growing Beamer, can you share a little bit, you know, where are you guys in terms of size today? Have you guys raised external capital? And if so, how much? Or are you guys fully bootstrapped? Totally. So, yeah. So we've raised a little bit less than $1 million uh, in total, uh, mostly from like family and friends. And those are from rounds that we raised in 2014 and 2016. So really those funds were used like 100% for the development of those two other products that I mentioned before, Joint Cube and mm. Highbox. So it's pretty cool. Beamer is actually fully bootstrapped. I mean, we didn't launch Beamer till 2018. So Beamer has been profitable from day one. And we use revenue from Beamer to fund all of our investments in its future growth. Um, and we kind of had that lean mentality from day one because of this. And I think that's really helped us um, in, in so many ways, but particularly in terms of like avoiding feature creep, you know, maintaining our like ease of use um, and focus on like fully solving the, the most important customer needs. Mm -hmm. um, and then in terms of traction, we got about like 900 paying customers and we're about at 1.5 million in ARR. Very nice. Good, good job. Just in uh, just over three, almost three years or so. Um, so let's, let's get, I want to get a little bit more detailed, you know, how you came up upon the opportunity in the market. You saw, you said it was an internal problem. Uh, yes. but how did you see that, that it was a product, a, a problem that the market needed and what was lacking that, you know, Beamer was, was there to solve when, when you guys decided to launch? Totally. So yeah, like I mentioned, we have the need ourselves, which I feel like is always kind of the best situation for building a great product. So like we were our own customers. Um, so we really understood the problem. Um, like I mentioned, we run like two different SaaS products. We're constantly building, you know, new features, improvements, all sorts of like cool product updates. 
But we didn't really have a good way to like notify our users about what was new so they could go check it out and know that we were working hard for them. So we decided to build sort of this like in-app, you know, change log notification center sidebar widget uh, to let them know. And that kind of became the first beta version of Beamer. Um, so we checked the market, you know, when we were, we were thinking about, should we build this or not? And we saw that there weren't really any like no code, sort of like change log as a service tools in the market. And um, yeah, I mean, we just knew this was a huge opportunity since there are hundreds and thousands of SaaS companies, you know, just like us that have the exact same problem. Um, mm-hmm. so that's how we identified the, the opportunity. So you guys f- found the opportunity. Did you guys have it, you know, start marketing it and promoting it to maybe some of your old customers to see if there was a hmm. uh, traction and interest or did you go out to market? Did you, how did you decide? Okay, yeah, there's an that's, valuable that's product market fit. <laughs> totally. That's a really good question. And yeah, I think it's a valuable thing for other founders just to like hear about. Like we did not like as soon as we had the idea, like go f- all in, completely abandon the two projects we were, you know, products we had built. We actually thought of Beamer when we first built it as a way to generate leads for Highbox, which is like mm. so funny looking back on it because I think within like four to five months, I'll have to check on the exact number, but within a very short amount of time, Beamer had like more MRR than Highbox and without really doing like any paid channels or anything like that. So it's kind of funny that originally we thought of it as a way to create leads for those two other products. But I think that's an important way to be like, be cautious, like before you totally pivot and go to the next thing, like make sure you really have the traction and, you know, product market fit to, to justify that because pivoting is not easy. You have to change everything. You lose a lot of, you know, time and resources that you've invested into other things. So I think that's an important thing to throw out. But yeah, I mean, we, we did some soft launches. We shared it like with some of our entrepreneurial friends. Um, you know, got really good feedback there. We did an AppSumo launch. That's where you do like a lifetime deal of your product. You limit the, you know, features and create like really specific plans. Um, but you can, the cool thing is like, you know, I think it was like for a lifetime deal, it's like between 49 and $99 total. So like now it's like way less than what we charge for one month of Beamer and you're giving someone like lifetime access to it. But it allows you to really quickly build this really big network of like initial kind of beta tester like users to, you know, evangelize your product, tell you about it, like get that real feedback that you need to see if you really have something, if you've got that product market fit. And so that really helped us. It was, it was, I think, key in kind of, you know, starting things. And we, we, the, you know, the difference in feedback we were getting was really palpable. A lot of times with Highbox, we felt like it was like, not like we were like cramming it down our customers' throats, but it, you know, we like really felt like we had to kind of sell them and like explain everything. Whereas with Beamer, it was like instantly people saw it and loved it. They wanted it mm. like, this is what I was looking for. This solves my problem. And I think just that kind of tangible difference in the reception of Beamer mm. with, uh, you know, the users was, was key in like helping us be comfortable and like, okay, we should pivot. We should really go all, all in on this. Would you, so talking about AppSumo for a second there, you know, you said you're focused on SMBs, but you also mentioned you also have a lot of, you know, enterprise clients, Intercom, Drift, Hotjar, Freshworks. Would you suggest, you know, you know, was it more for feedback or would you still use it as like, you know, growth and marketing channel today and, you know, recommend to, to founders, you know, who are maybe more focused on enterprise? Totally. Uh, me personally, and I'm sure this differs based on your own product, but I, I would really just use AppSumo mainly when I was launching a product. So the mm-hmm. very, very beginning stages, like you don't have many customers, you don't have many users and you want to, in a very quick way, get some exposure, get real people using your product and start that like feedback loop that can help you build a better product. And especially if your product is product led like Beamer. So like when people use Beamer, they basically install it on their app and kind of like show it to all their users. Um, 
uh, for us, it was really important to get that ball rolling and have you know Beamer being used by like real products with real end users that could also use Beamer. So I would just use it for the initial launch. And the reason is, I mean, you're not going to get any MRR from this. I mean, it's all lifetime deals. I mean, we got a tiny amount because you can mm-hmm. like you know limit the plan and then which we did. And then you can have like a special, okay, if you want to upgrade to a monthly paying subscription, you get a, you know, 50 or 80% discount off our normal prices and you can switch over, but it's never going to be like a big MRR boost really. Um, yeah. Especially just given the audience. Um, yeah. And that's that's what I figured. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned, you know, users getting up to three times more user engagement, decrease in churn, higher lead conversions. Can you share specific examples or, or you know, frameworks of, why and how to best use those in-app notifications for maybe some of our SaaS product marketers to start you know, seeing similar results without being too you know, annoying or spammy when you're building those? Because I know too many of those people get like, why, why, why do you keep sending me these notifications every, every week? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think the avoiding being too annoying or spammy is, spammy is key. And I, I think Beamer, really any you know, in-app change log is going to help a lot with that. So before Beamer, most SaaS companies were publishing product updates in... I would say either like a company blog that no one reads, doesn't really get any traffic, so it's kind of not having much of, of an impact, or sending it out in an email newsletter, which has its own set of issues. So like, you know, being out of context, it's not in your app, you got super low open rates to do like spam and promotions folders. Um, and it is like kind of intrusive and spammy. So it really limits like how often you can reach out to users. So what Beamer does with this like plug and play change log is allows SaaS product teams to notify users directly in app, in context, about all kinds of product updates, so not just your biggest feature releases. So it helps users discover new features, so they can get more value out of the product, as well as helping like convince them that like you really are working hard to provide them the best possible solution. So they don't need to go look for someone else because like you're already working as hard as possible to make this the best uh, the best solution for them. Um, you can also collect user feedback with Beamer. It's a really important part of the feedback loop. So your product team can find out what users think about your latest releases, and even have them suggest new ones. Um, so since the notifications are in-app and in-context, they're like, you know, much less annoying and spammy because the user is already there. They can click on it if they want or not. Um, you can also use segmentation to keep the, your notifications as targeted and relevant as possible. I think that's really important to do that. Um, we also recommend that companies use Beamer's Changelog as a dedicated channel for product updates um, mm-hmm. without really any like marketing offers or promos or anything like that. So that helps reduce even further that, you know, any spammy feelings. Um, and it keeps the feed clean and the user is like really highly engaged on those notifications. And we have, we do have like other modals that our customers can use for marketing related comms. So things like pop-ups, snippets, you know, banners, things like that. Cool. So we mentioned, you know, having pages, uh, emails and there's other channels like maybe like SMS. And then now we have these tools like the, the change log widget. When it comes to that kind of feedback loop, do you guys measure, um, you know, what, what that kind of difference in engagement, meaning, you know, let's call it user feedback when they're sending email, Versus, uh, you know, the, the, the in-app mm. uh, widgets. Did you guys measure that difference? Yeah, totally. Seen? So, you know, as mentioned before, it's much higher than email since Beamer's in context, in your app. It can actually be installed to look like a native part of your app. So notifications mm. get extremely high engagement. So you can install it with like, you know, a bell icon or a menu item with text like what's new or updates or something like that. Um, so you don't have to deal with like spam folder promotions. Uh, it'll get to everyone that's logging in. Um, and you know, like I mentioned before, like a huge benefit is you can send out many more product updates than if you're using email. Where like at most you'd send an email update like once every month, but that even feels like a lot. I think most companies are probably sending out every few months or maybe even like a couple times a year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so with Beamer, you can announce even the smaller like improvements and fixes and things like that. So you're not just focusing on your biggest releases. Um, and you know, users will know that like you're constantly working for them. And in terms of like quantifying it, that's pretty tough. I mean, that definitely will run run sort of the gamut of different ranges like based on the companies. But yeah, I mean, we've had many customers report more than 3x engagement um, on their updates, email, or whatever other channels they're using, like a blog versus like the in-app, the in-app widget. Mm-hmm. And and how often would you suggest that we'd be releasing these notes and change logs? If you know, you said email maybe once every quarter. If we're doing it through GetBeamer, is, is there a time you recommend people release these? Mm, totally, uh, definitely much more often than once a quarter for sure. Mm-hmm. But it will depend on you know the speed of your development, the cycle, like how mature is your product, how often are you actually churning out new features? Because you don't want to announce something that's not really important or relevant or going to have an impact for the user. So it will depend on your development cycle. But I would say um, if we look across all of our customers, we now have, like I mentioned, like, you know, over 900 paid customers and many, many more on our free plan. So like we have a good sense of like how often people are really doing this. So I'd say one or two updates a month is common. So that might not sound like a lot, but I, I think it's still a pretty good amount um, mm. in terms of hitting up users like with your latest, uh, like, you know, features that really, and, and improvements that really do make an impact for them. But a lot of our customers will do it more often than that, a couple times a week. We have some customers uh, like Drift who will do a weekly sort of update or summary. So they're not going to push out the, the release like as soon as the you know, the new features deployed, they'll actually, you know, wait and kind of summarize, okay, this week, you know, this is what we've done. And they do it on a consistent basis, which I think is cool too, because that creates sort of this expectation and like your users become excited. And they know like, okay, Fridays, I'm going into drift and I can see like, you know, what's new. Mm. And would you say, is there, is this something you say, you know, every SaaS business uh, would need? I know you mentioned like the, the product cycle or does it work with certain markets and audiences mm. and how your, 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 your mm. uh, product uh, roadmap roadmap looks like. Totally. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I would say every <laughs> SaaS business for sure should be using an in-app change log of some kind. I mean, it could be Beamer, it could be something you build in-house, but uh, it's it really is like a vital part of the feedback loop. So the new features that are built and that you announce and you tell your users about, that's going to lead to even more user feedback, which leads to new and better features. And that loop kind of virtuous cycle continues. So it's a great way to like, sort of, you know, start your users, get your users to expect a better product. And when they demand a better product of you, that spurs you on to build a better product. And so, yeah, that virtuous cycle, I think is really important. And, and I think, you know, SaaS companies today more than ever need to quickly adapt to market demands. And, um, you know, there's just like so many options in SaaS that if you don't differentiate yourself and really convince your customers you're the best possible solution, you're really like solving their needs. Um, it's going to be difficult to retain those customers. Sure. Yeah. So you know, I think part of that retention also comes to, you know, get it, keeping them engaged. Yep. Uh, do you have any, you know, favorite strategies that, you know, you can suggest to our audience when it comes to improving uh, that user engagement for SaaS um, or, you know, improving uh, NPS scores? I think those are maybe related. Yeah, totally. I think those are definitely related. Um, yeah. So there's many, many things I could touch on here, but just a few of like our favorites. So, you know, ask for user feedback and act on it. So, you know, proactively go out and ask for the user feedback, however you want to do that. And then also make sure the user feels heard. So like, even if you aren't going to, um, you know, the, the, the user asks for feature X, and even if you aren't going to build feature X, um, which, cause you shouldn't do like everything your users ask for, right? You got to keep mm-hmm. like, uh, yourself on track and, and be following your own like roadmap. But, um, yeah, just make the user feel heard. So even if you aren't going to do it, like at least tell them like, Hey, I heard that. Thanks so much for the feedback. Keep in mind 
um, let them know that like you are hearing their feedback, even if you aren't going to like build exactly what they want. Um, another important thing is gamification and onboarding checklists. So like direct your users, you know, identify the key steps that you know will get them hooked on your product and then direct them to complete those, uh, either via gamification or, or checklist or something like that. Um, segmentation, like I mentioned earlier. So keep your communication, your communication like targeted and relevant. So segmenting by user role, by plan, by geography, whatever you can do to keep those notifications a little bit more relevant, I think is key. Um, visual elements, I think are really, really key for user engagement. So things like, you know, explainer videos, GIFs, including that, like within your change log and, and really, you know, whatever sort of like communication you're doing with your user, I think is, is really important. Um, and then in terms of like NPS, so like we actually offer an NPS survey. So we have a really good, you know, sense of like what causes companies to get higher or lower NPS scores. And mm-hmm. um, definitely one of the highest, um, I guess, reasons, one of the most common reasons why users believe a high NPS score is ease of use. So I cannot like stress enough to other SaaS founders, like that's what you want to be focusing on, making your product like easy to use, not having mm-hmm. overly complicated software. It's definitely like globally one of the most common reasons for high NPS score. And then, you know, responsive and helpful customer support, that's also a super common answer. And I think that helps with user engagement as well. I love that ease of use, right? We, as engineers, we try to overcomplicate everything. People just want I know. one <laughs> click. If you can do it in one click, please do it in one click. The, totally the light no. Do less, easier. but do it in one click. You know, exactly. That's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. So, you know, you guys done super, you know, great job when, you know, came to growth. 1.5 million ARR, 900 paying customers. Um, and you got some big brands. You mentioned Intercom, Hotjar, Freshworks. Can you share any, some, you know, growth strategies that have worked well for, you know, attracting some of those big players for our mm-hmm. audience, maybe SaaS marketers who are listening and they want to test out to get some of those big guys. Totally. To them. Yeah. For sure. So uh, in our case, a lot of the growth really has been product led. So, and this is something, I mean, we, we were looking for. So we, we'd always, before Beamer, we were always looking for, you know, how can we find a way to get our users to promote our product without having to do it consciously. And so like, we definitely mm-hmm. had that with Beamer. It's great. Like, you know, when Intercom uses Beamer, I mean, they're installing this changelog widget within their app and showing it to all their users um, who all, you know, a high percentage of their users are SaaS companies and also are potential Beamer customers. So it's just, yeah, for us, it's a, it's a great growth engine is like identifying those kind of like, you know, strategic customers like Intercom, Hotjar, Freshworks that we know like have a high percentage of SaaS users. And, um, uh, we, you know, we don't treat those customers exactly the same. Like we do like, do like, you know, whatever we can to get those customers on board, especially, especially earlier when we were just starting out. Now, maybe not so, so much, but yeah, when you're starting out, I think there's, it's a great strategy. Like identify those strategic customers that are either going to give you that good, you know, you know, success case. You can build a case study and share it with, you know, other leads. Or if you're more product led, you know, get your sort of app in front of their, their customers or their community in some way. I think that's a really important strategy for, for growth. Um, providing great customer service. So we actually have a lot of our dev team, um, part of our dev team answering our live support chat. <laughs> and, uh, nice. It can be a little distracting at times, but I, I just think it's, it's so worth it. I mean, we have so many of our customers are just saying, you know, your support is amazing. It's so good. It eliminated all the friction I had. I mean, we try to make it easy and self-service anyway, but you know, issues always inevitably will come up. And so I think that's been actually a really good investment that we've done. It's just putting so much focus on providing good support and good, you know, 
again, good UX, good ease of use, good documentation. Um, and I, and I think that too, not only does it help people, you know, convert, but also I think that gets us tons of referrals. I think because of how easy it is to work with us, I think mm-hmm. that's what gets this sort of community of like, you know, product teams and product marketers that, that are using us, you know, talking about Beamer and sharing it like with their, with their colleagues and people in their network and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, talking about communities too. Like we try to work with communities that we know, like engage the audience that we're going after. So guys like the product marketing Alliance, um, you know, a bunch of like product marketers and product teams that are, that are interacting there. And so it's a great group for us. And so we do things like, you know, giving them the tool for free, you know, with a watermark to use on their site. Um, I've done like podcasts with them. We, we engage with their Slack group. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, working with communities where like your audience is living is obviously, you know, a good strategy as well. Definitely. Um, and how much would you say, you know, your growth budget and time is allocated towards, you know, say sales and marketing team versus, you know, just focusing on product led growth and, you know, investing in more developers and, and, and just using that feedback loop to, to build and grow. Totally. Well, yeah. So as I mentioned, like I was an hour, we were mostly product led, so yeah. <laughs> highly levered towards the the growth, but um, towards the product led. Excuse me. But yeah, I think you know now in 2021, it's like we really want to put a big focus on creating more marketing and sales channels to grow even faster. So we're really mm-hmm. excited about that. Um, we actually have like a couple of open roles too now for head of growth and sales. So uh, if anyone is interested, definitely feel free to reach out. Definitely. Um, do you do you have any growth strategies that maybe you've tried and tested that have failed and maybe wouldn't recommend or uh, has, have you not even tested anything and just starting now? No, we don't. We don't test for sure. So like, mm. one thing we didn't have great success on is LinkedIn ads. So mm. you know, we thought that'd be like a great place to advertise, especially for us because we have a super defined buyer persona that we can target by employee job titles. So it's like product marketer or head of products. Definitely someone that would own Beamer within the organization. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just found the engagement to be like pretty, relatively low on the ads and also found the CAC to be like quite high, like cost per click as well, to be like super high given how many clicks and conversions we we're getting. So mm. possibly we were just doing something wrong there. I don't know, but we definitely didn't, didn't have great success there. Mm. Uh, a kind of final question around kind of how your company structure. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, OKRs. I think that's an important part. Do you, does your team, you know, do you, do you guys create and measure OKRs as part of your, uh, you know, goals in the year? And if so, how often do you recommend measuring them? And uh, maybe what are some critical ones that you guys measure or other SaaS founders should be paying attention mm. to? Totally. So, yes, we do measure, but admittedly, like, this is something we're looking to track and measure more. I, I definitely mm. think there's room for improvement for us. And I think that's, that's common. I mean, especially we got a lean, you know, pretty small, small team in terms of headcount at least. So, like, mm. um, it does make it tough to do all that measuring when you have so many other things where you're wearing so many other hats. But yeah, I think, I think it's key. Um, if I had to pinpoint one as the most important, I know it's common knowledge, but just to emphasize it again, I would say tracking churn is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a leaky bucket, it just really makes it so hard to make like any progress and you probably aren't truly solving your customers' needs. Um, so I guess like we, we have less than a 1% monthly churn. At Beamer, and like we we want to drive that even lower, and like that's definitely a metric that we're tracking pretty aggressively and seeing what we can do to to drive it even lower. The one metric that matters, yeah, that's that's a that's a really good one to pay attention to. I think it it's uh it, you know even just what half a percent if you drop that, I mean, you're it'll you know huge impact, your ex- huge impact, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, Spencer, I want to switch gears a little bit more personal here, moving kind okay. of to the rapid rapid fire, but uh, you know, okay. you take your time answering it. <laughs> um, what's one piece of advice you wish you had known and would tell us, let's say, your, your 25-year-old self? Mm, buy crypto, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm 33 now, so that wasn't too, too long ago uh, for me. But yeah, it was right about the time, I guess, when I was deciding like whether to leave investment banking and like go kind of jump mm-hmm. into the, you know, co-found my first startup. Uh, and it was definitely scary. I mean, I was worried that I might be losing the chance to pursue like, you know, a lucrative, successful, impactful career in finance. Um, and it was kind of a path that seemed, I guess, I perceived it as a little bit uh, lower risk at the time. Mm. But honestly, like looking back, I think the much bigger risk would have been like dedicating, you know, your life's work to something that you aren't like truly passionate about. And it doesn't offer you like the lifestyle that you want. Um, so yeah, my advice would be just, you know, don't, don't live somebody else's life, you know, go for it. And then also like, if, you know, if at first you don't succeed, just keep trying until you find something that feels right. You know I mean? We did, we did build, I think two products that were great in joint cube and high box, but, um, you know, neither, I think we're like growing at the rate we wanted to, or really having the impact we wanted. And so I think there's nothing wrong, you know, with not succeeding on your first go. I think it's actually kind of hard to, so I would just recommend keep, keep on trying, uh, new things until you find something that feels right. Nice. Take the plunge. Yeah, I think I did it around that same time. I think it was 24 or 25 and yeah, I nice. haven't looked back since. So yeah, I understand. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What, what are some of your, your biggest challenges you're currently facing in order to grow, continue to grow Beamer? I mean, you know, what, what is keeping you up at night these days? For sure. So our conversion rate is actually relatively high from trials to paying customer. And like I mentioned, our churn, I think is, is also relatively low. So I think our biggest priority has to be like filling our top of funnels. Like how can we generate more leads? Mm. So we're, that's kind of what I was mentioning. We're looking to do a big push into, you know, growth basically. So like, you know, other paid channels, partnerships, you know, content marketing, affiliates, you know, podcasts, of course, mm. great way as well. So sure. yeah, that's really what we're looking at most is like how to fill top of funnel. Cool. Um, who or what would you say are some of the best three, uh, best three resources that can be books, can be mm. people, mentors or people you follow who you say have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years? Totally. Okay. I, I don't know if I have three to recommend. I definitely have sure. one really good one. Uh, I, I do find like books. I used to read a lot. So hard now. <laughs> I just find myself <laughs> so strapped for time. I, I definitely prefer podcast. So I, I, I like what you guys are doing, what, what everybody's kind of doing in that space. So if I had to recommend one, it's not this one, uh, I'd recommend the All In podcast. So it's relatively new. I think it's been around for like a little over a year. And it, it does not focus exclusively on like startups or tech. Um, but I do think it's just like a great resource that covers important current topics. And what it really helps me to do, I think it can help you know, you to do as well. It's like think independently. So it's hosted by some like really brilliant minds and they all are in tech or have been in tech. And it's kind of like, it's a great like purple podcast. It's like not overly biased to left or right. It's Mm -hmm. super funny. And yeah, I just think it helps you be like more informed and smarter about like what's going on in the world. And yeah, I think if I could recommend one resource, it'd be that the all in podcast. Super cool. That's what Chamath, that social capital. And exactly. Oh, yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah. I haven't so heard good. it, but I'll, I'll check it out. You check it out. It's so, yeah? so good. Yeah. Okay. I'll subscribe oh, yeah. today. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> cool. Um, so you've had an exit, you know, had some, built some great, you know, built a great business today, uh, built a successful business in the, ba- in the past as well. What does success mean to you today? It could be personally, it could be financially, it could be life, business. There's no right answer. Mm. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, success for me is just working on, you know, product that has real impact, solves a real customer need. And with a team that like you really trust and enjoy being with and know we'll go to battle with you in the trenches. Cause it's, it's definitely hard, especially being like a lean team and building something from scratch, something new. So you definitely want a team that you can trust and like you enjoy going to battle with. Um, mm. and you know, hopefully that leads to a solid financial outcome and, and hopefully it also leads to like a lifestyle that all team members are happy with. So like we've been remote, for example, for over four years, I've gotten to live in super lucky, but yeah, I've gotten to live in like Argentina, uh, Chile, Spain, now back in the U S. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, that's an important part I wouldn't overlook is if your kind of job is, um, and what you're working on is facilitating a lifestyle that you're happy with and that fulfills you. I mean, that to me, that's definitely like a big part of success. 100%. Love it. Now, this, this has been great, Spencer. Lots of good insights here for, for people to learn from, I think. Um, <laughs> where, where can our founders get in touch with you, learn more about you uh, and Beamer if they have any more questions? Totally. Yeah. So obviously, getbeamer.com. That's the site for Beamer. Would love for you guys to check that out. I'm not personally as active on socials as I should be, but hoping to change that soon. Um, but yeah, you can definitely reach me on LinkedIn or email at spencer at getbeamer.com. That's a great place too. Cool. Thank you so much, Spencer. This has been great. Thanks again for joining uh, SAS District Show today. Totally. And I actually had, I, I don't know if this is of interest, but we have a, a discount coupon that we could offer for, for listeners. So Love it. If it. listeners uh, want to get 15% off their first six months of Beamer, uh, you can use the coupon SAS district at givebeamer.com and get that. Love it. So 15% off for six months, guys, check it out uh, and see how you like it. Totally. Right. Well, thank, thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> No, thank you for the discount. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SAS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com. And myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.